Oh, hey there. Welcome to Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. It's great to have you here yet again. No, don't mind me, I was just adjusting my, uh, my bookshelf a little bit. We've gone through this before. I like to put books behind me in my little studio setup. And by studio, I mean my spare room. I just, that was a hard cut on the theme song, wasn't it? Big shout out to James Dunlop, the orchestrator of this theme song. I don't know if orchestrator is the right term. I don't know music. Who uh, is without a doubt the most loyal listener of this podcast and on any given week, potentially the only one. And uh, got quite frustrated at me for not giving him a call out because apparently that's an expectation now placed upon me. If anyone else would like to be personally mentioned on the podcast, let me know. I've got nothing but time. That's uh, that's fine. I, I, I tried to charge for that on the on the way up, but learned pretty quickly. Demand demand was limited, strong amongst the people that wanted it, but limited amongst everybody else. I was readjusting my bookshelf. I had I don't know if I remember to, if I I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast before, but um, I had the the books behind me, I had Norm's book and I had Jimmy Carr's book and I was on a Zoom call with someone from work and they said, um, oh, sorry, I just need to let you know. I see you've got Jimmy Carr in the background. you got the Jimmy Carr book. I don't know if you've heard, Jimmy Carr's been cancelled. Jimmy Carr's been cancelled. You can't, you, you can leave the book up if you want, but you just should know he, he, he has been cancelled. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean he's been cancelled? He said, oh, well, he told that uh, offensive joke about, I believe he even... Did the really cute thing. Oh, am I back? I lost, maybe I just lost my headphones, I don't know. Uh, did the really cute thing of, oh, he, he, he talked to, uh, he did a joke about the, tra- the, the traveling people. You know that term that none of us use for gypsies, including gypsies? I feel like whenever there's a group that have any negative associations, guilty white people try to give them an alternative name, just presuming that the thing that they're known as must be a slur. You can't call them gypsies because everybody hates gypsies. We need to give them no... But don't they call themselves gypsies? Yes, and it's very problematic, actually. They need to They need to be better. It's no wonder people are so off them if they're going to be that bigoted about themselves. So Jimmy Carr's been cancelled because he told that joke. He said... Um, the, the joke is... Quoting Jimmy Carr. Um, whenever people talk about the Holocaust, it won't be... I'm not going to get it quite right. Whenever people talk about the Holocaust... They always talk about the millions and millions of Jews that get killed, but they don't talk about the thousands of gypsies who were killed by the Nazis because nobody wants to talk about the positives, which is such a fucking silly joke. But he's been cancelled for it apparently because I think if you know Jimmy Carr's work, we all expect a certain level of morality and ethics to come from Jimmy Carr. And for him to do what he's been doing his entire fucking career, which is make offensive jokes. To do that again, as opposed to just doing something totally different for some reason, unacceptable in the current day and age. This is the big thing, though. Comedians can't get cancelled. Louis C.K. won a Grammy. Kevin Spacey is about to act in another movie. Cancellation doesn't exist. Cancellation only affects people with low levels of commitment to the craft. If you love what you do enough, you can't be cancelled for a day in your life. Is that, the, is that the phrase? You can't. 
especially in stand up because you just uh, you just rock up. I mean, the bar is so low for who they will hand a microphone to at most comedy clubs. It doesn't matter what you do in your spare time, in your free time, in the law, outside of the law. If you even understand what comedy is, those things aren't important. The important thing is you're here and you're willing to take a fucking punt. Because there's a very good chance things are going to go downhill real fast. Talking about Jimmy Carr, the other one, I don't know, I, I, I'm imagining I, I draw, the people who listen to this might be big comedy fans. I've got Norm MacDonald's book. It's not up behind me right now, but uh, it's in that shelf. And it's called uh, Based on a True Story. It's so funny. If you haven't read it, if you're a comedy fan, if you're a Norm fan, go buy it. It's so, it's one of the few books that made me laugh out loud quite a lot. I need to reread it. It's so funny. But uh, some of you, I mean, if you're comedy fans, you'd be aware, Norm MacDonald recorded a special, a comedy special, while he was dying to be released after his death. I'm so excited. That is, first of all, baller move. That's David Bowie on his deathbed recording Lazarus, uh, the, the Lazarus video clip or Black Star. Just, I love that. I love that idea that even on your deathbed, you're, you're going to find a way to do the thing that you committed your life to doing. There's a guy who's the, there's a British comedian who died on stage. And he gets brought up a lot. I think this was in like the 90s. Tommy Cooper. You can Google this. Feel free to Google Tommy Cooper died on stage. So this was in 1984. And you can... Wait, maybe I'll get some volume. All right. An Irish bowling ball. <laughs> He's just doing some prop comedy right now. It's just a regular joke. He's looking around. How long? All right, this is still a long time until he dies. I'm going to skip ahead. This is very disrespectful. But I'm just going to skip ahead his last moments and get to his very last moments. Here we go. Okay, he's putting on a funny cape. He's wearing... And he stumbles. And he falls backwards. Big laugh. Still sitting down. Breathing incredibly heavy, heavily. That's, that's him officially dying, that big laugh there. Sometimes you watch certain things and think, wow, comedy is easy, isn't it? This guy literally died on stage to rupturous response. Oh, God. <laughs> they went to commercial. Oh, my goodness. It's so crazy. Look it up. Tommy Cooper dies on stage. Unbelievable. So many comics. I've heard in so many podcasts with comedians, they're like, that's the way I want to go, man. I want to go out on stage wearing my boots. I want to go out doing the thing that I love. I mean, he didn't make it look like heaps of fun. There's got, I mean, because I think the romantic view is he's lying there hearing the laughs going, this is what I came here to do. This is all I ever wanted was to make people laugh. And the fact that I can do that to my final moments, what a, what a thrill, what a pleasure. But I think there's a very good chance what he was really thinking was, somebody get help. I don't want to die like this. I don't want to die today. 
Could some please stop laughing and call an ambulance? But no. And the fact that it's on, I watched this on Facebook. You'd feel like this has got to be on like Live Leak or 4chan or something. No, this is on Facebook video with 501 likes and 173 comments. Equally sad. 501, don't get me wrong, 501 likes is a pretty good haul for most videos. But to be the last thing that you ever do, I would have hoped for a few more. That's some crazy stuff. Very excited for the new Norm special. I'll have to talk about it on this podcast. I'm still trying to work out what this podcast is. How much am I talking? How much? I think I tried so long for it just all to be ironic, funny. It probably just, I got to level with you guys. Half an hour a week. It doesn't sound like much. My word. I've been, I've been procrastinating doing this podcast literally the entire day. This is, this is the main thing I have to do today. And I've spent most of it in theory, making plans for what I was going to do. And I was looking on Reddit for news stories. And it's a fine line between looking on Reddit for news stories and just being on Reddit. Uh, And now I'm opening Wordle. Do you guys like Wordle? Okay, there's an E, there's an A, and there's an S. Let's do a steak. Uh, Okay, I'm getting closer. Uh, Let's do Easts. I am rushing. There's two S's. Okay, that's good to know. Um, E-A-S-T-S. All right, I'll come back to this. Is this good? Is this good podcasting? Is this what podcasting is all about? Something tells me possibly or not. Um, look, it's a pleasure to be here as always. Uh, the other thing I wanted to, I wanted to talk about, you, you guys might be noticing on, if, you, if you're watching on YouTube, let's see how many views. I forgot to put my last YouTube video on Facebook. Let's see me how many views it got, shall we? Uh, I'm going to predict... I've got 15 subscribers. I'm going to predict I got six. I'm going to predict I got six views on my last uh, 11. 11 views. Oh, I didn't upload 14. I didn't upload episode 14, which means I made it for nobody. Uh, so that was good. I hope you enjoyed the last episode. I went away from it having an existential crisis about what I'm doing with my life. But I did get a pretty good clip about the Irwins and Paris Hilton, which was an area that I was quite passionate about talking. Uh, Passionate about talking. That I was quite passionate to talk about. There we go. Um, It did really make me uncomfortable. I don't like it. I don't don't like this (sighs) empty 2000s Hollywood celebrity meets very wholesome Australian 90s culture that Uber Eats seems to be cornering right now. Just get Snoop Dogg to sing a song. That's what we want from our meal delivery delivery providers. Get a get a, a rapper with ideally widely forgotten about homicide charges to sing a, a, a parody of himself in which he enjoys all of the delectable meals at his fingertips. What did Snoop Dogg get paid for that fucking menu log thing? Snoop Dogg menu log fee. Let's see. What do you reckon? $9.8 million. Not enough. Don't get me wrong, $10 million is a lot of money. But Snoop Dogg has just been slowly undermining his entire identity. He isn't just, just throughout the... Ever since he did that song with Katy Perry, he's like, fuck it, I'll do anything. I don't... I don't give a shit. I've 
he, he knows deep down in his heart he's killed people. He has got nothing to prove. Fair play to him. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will see that I've, I'm, I'm, I've got a beard. You can, you can hear it. There it is. Scratchy beard. Once a year, I see if I can grow a beard. And it's that time of year right now. And I've... Uh, this is, a, this is a disappointing place to be. I have both uh, surprised myself uh, and am severely underwhelmed by what I have been able to do. Um, I, I, I would have hoped... Asset. There we go. Wordle. Asset. Got it. I would have hoped... I, I, I would love to have a real bit. I've even thought about maybe shaving into a moustache. Just to really emphasise what this facial hair can't do. It is fun to play with, though. I just wish... I'd always... I'd, I'd, I'd grown up wanting a beard. I think it's just a proxy to masculinity. Because I didn't get that from sports or my relationship with my father. Actually, no. Emotionally distant. Don't say I love you. Bonding almost purely on sports. No, I do get that from my father. Okay. Maybe I don't need the beard. I'm going to go shave. I uh, fresh out of a fresh out of a a gig that I did last night at a, a burger restaurant in Thoreau because life's going great. The night before that, I did a gig where I asked the bartender. No, that's not true. I was asking the bartender for a glass of water, and then while I was there, someone else asked the bartender, "How's the comedy?" This was in the middle of the comedy, and the bartender went, "Eh." And the worst part is, I would struggle to argue with him. Eh, was about right for how the comedy was. Even, even from someone who was a part of it, I had to admit, mm, pretty fair. And then last night I went and saw... No, I didn't. So I performed at a burger restaurant in Thoreau. And if you don't know where Thoreau is, I envy you. There's no need. Thoreau is about 20 minutes outside of Wollongong uh, and it's for people who find Wollongong a little bit too overwhelming. If Wollongong is a little bit too much for you, maybe check out Thoreau, uh, where you can go and get uh, go and get a hamburger from Puppy's Burger Restaurant. And don't get me wrong, it was delicious, but it was also a restaurant where you pretty much couldn't get to the dining area without walking through the kitchen, which I'm always baffled is permitted. Whenever you go to a bathroom in a restaurant and you've got to you've got to squeeze past two to three probably illegal immigrants washing dishes, you, you need to sidestep a fully loaded grease, f- grease fryer just to do- go and take a piss. How is that okay? That, that, can't, that can't be right. And the burger restaurant, it was... Uh, it, look, don't me wrong, it was actually a very fun gig. Uh, my, my friend Mitch hooked me up said, come down, we'll give you a free meal, give you 50 bucks. It's a good point. Where is that 50 bucks? That might be in the wash. That's a shame. We'll give you 50 bucks and you come do 15, 20 minutes. And I had, I had, I had intentions to do jokes, arguably what people might have expected me to do, uh, even more arguably what I may have been paid to do. And instead, I got derailed almost instantly by... Just the pest of all pests who was in the audience. His name changed several times over the course of the night. 
because moron crowd members think that's funny. This is a thing. If you've ever attended live comedy where there's a lot of audience interaction, especially if the acts aren't, if it, if it doesn't really have an air of professionalism, you will find a few things that crowd members can't help themselves but do. One of them is to give fake names when they're asked what their names are, as if that's in anyone's best interest. So he was both John, George, and Greg. I think we landed on Greg over the course of the night. The other thing that you will notice crowd members do when they're interacting with the comedian at a, at a comedy night is two straight dudes sitting next to each other, and they'll say, a comedian will ask, how do you guys know each other? And one of them will say, oh, it's my boyfriend. <laughs> and they'll have a good old bloody chuckle between the two of them because that would be funny, wouldn't it? Two men doing something together in a romantic relationship. That's pretty, that's pretty funny. That is, that's, uh, no, I'm sorry. Actually, I was, I was saying it ironically originally, but now that I hear it out loud, that is, that's good stuff. That's classic. And Greg, John, George, Luke, whatever, this guy, whichever of the disciples he was, just could not help himself. There are some people out there, I don't know whether it's a branch of autism, I don't know whether it's seven Carlton drafts, whatever it is, certain people just cannot help themselves but answer every question they hear anywhere in their peripheral. If they hear a question, if there is an upward inflection in any sentence that reaches them, they are going to presume it's directly aimed at them. He just couldn't help him. Every opportunity he had to just, 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 just chime in. Just, just give his two cents. Really interrupt the whole thing. He was going to take it. And the highlight of John, George, Luke, Tom, Greg for mine was in the break in between the two halves of the show he pulled aside one of the acts who actually had done fairly well and started accosting him about how he was talking too fast and he said he was going mate you got to listen you got to listen to a couple of these am radio hosts because these guys, seriously, you listen, they, they, it's almost painfully slow. To which the comic said, well, I guess I don't want it to be painfully slow. I said, no, 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 but, 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 but listen to me. Because they're talking, they're talking for two, three hours at a time. And that's how they got to they do it. they got to slow it right down. That's what you could do. Because I just felt like you'd sell one joke. And before we've even taken that joke in, I, I'm already the next joke. And I don't even remember what the first joke is. And it's like, Greg, it sounds like that's more of a Greg problem than a rest of us problem. Because everyone else seemed to work it out. Greg, we can't, we can't be telling jokes to account for the slowest member of the group. That's what killed the Neanderthals. They spent too much time accommodating for their weakest members. We've got to leave you behind to fend for yourself, Greg. And also, my favourite detail, hey, buddy, you've got to learn from these AM radio DJs. Because I don't know if you pay attention to the cultural media landscape right now. But AM radio is killing it. We need to learn from these scratchy 60-year-old men with their questionable political opinions and an audience base that is very close to death. 
that's where the heat in the entertainment industry is currently taking place. And then Greg's wife shows up, and I'm as shocked as you are, wife. Someone, someone, two things happened with Greg that really baffled me. One, he got a phone call, meaning somebody volunteered to talk to him. Somebody willingly chose to engage this man in conversation. I don't know why. And then his wife turned up, a life partner. Now, the wife was from an Asian background, English second language. Did she have a visa before Greg? Who's to say? I would have some questions. Because if that's the case, I get it. Greg might be a predominantly distasteful human being from what I saw. And look, he meant well. He was just a pest. He was just irritating. He was annoying. To dedicate your life to that, it better come with a new life entirely. Unless... uh, if, you, you, if you're shacking up with Greg, you've got to be fleeing something. I don't know if it's a jilted ex-lover or a dictatorship or military service. For some reason, this woman saw something in Greg that I certainly didn't see. And then the other thing that happened was this guy rocked up late in the show. Last 25 minutes of the show, this guy rocks up. Comedian asked him, where have you just come from? He said, I've just had a baby. And the comedian said, what, like right now? Just like today you had a baby? He goes, yeah, I just had a baby. And the crowd was like, woo, big, big cheers. And nobody seemingly concerned by the lack of a wife or baby with this man. To be fair, if he had brought the newborn baby and wife to the comedy show, that might have been more concerning. This guy just... He, he, he stuck around for the birth and then thought, all right, time for a laugh. That was pretty stressful for me. I need, I need some, some comic relief right now. Oh. Stay away from Thrall. That, that place is bad news. That, nothing good's coming out of that place, let alone that guy's child. That to be abandoned before you've even met your father... That's, that, that's, that's a one-way ticket to a... To a line at Centrelink, I think. Did you hear that? Do I have to edit that out? The other big news, obviously, we have a new Prime Minister in this country and I went to work on Monday and the level of celebration in the office, the excitement for the fact that Labor had won, really uh, got my goat. Not as someone who particularly supports the Liberals uh, who or even voted Liberal, but there is just something about seeing people satisfied that doesn't do much for me i i would really rather see people a little bit forlorn a little bit disappointed then i can empathize and i and i i can i can be on their side but when i see when i see big smiles i'm such a contrarian i don't like it i'm not a fan have a little bit of humility be devastated and unfortunately i work in a creative industry with young people who believe in empathy and helping the common man which has never really been my thing i don't know if you've met the common man not my kind of guy the common man is common for a reason the common man gave the big bang theory 12 seasons and dies in the same hospital he was born in 
That's the common... The common man has a child in Thoreau and then goes to a comedy show. That's the common man. And this is the man Labour wants to help out? No thanks. I'm going to help out people like me and people related to me. And beyond that, fend for yourselves. But... I, there is something about I, I've, I've talked to friends about this. I don't know. Tell me if this relate if you if this resonates with you. Uh, I love the feeling of seeing the home team lose, especially in shocking fashion. Be, being at a at a football game or any sporting event when the home team is winning, uh, presuming you're in neutral, presuming you have no dog in that fight, the home team is winning, and then they they. Snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And you just get to you just get to float on out into the car park, walk your way to public transport, just cushioned by a cloud of disappointment. As people sheepishly remove their memorabilia in the hope that nobody on the train on the way home brings up the fact they're wearing a Guernsey from a losing team. And I've been there, but I think that's why I like it because I've been there. There's the the opposite is so much worse when you are part of that home team and you can and and you are the cast of thousands enveloping a couple of lone away fans who are just carrying on a little too much. And in that moment, you think I wouldn't king hit anyone, but I do get it because I don't want a confrontation, but I do want to dish out some punishment. And what better way than a royal hit? Let's rebrand it back. I know we went king hit to coward punch. We're not going to go back to king hit. That's soured. Let's. What about royal strike? Let's elevate it again. Let's bring. Let's. Let's put the respect back in its name. But my favorite political thing to come out of the last week is not was not Labor winning the election. My favorite political thing was this. Sounds like you're attacking how he looks. Surely he looks. Well, I think there'll be a lot of children who. It looks like Peter Dutton will be the leader of the opposition. Uh, I don't think he's going to be opposed at all in that. In terms of Peter Dutton, how do you see him as a, as the the coalition leader? Well, I think there'll be a lot of children who've watched a lot of Harry Potter films who will be very frightened of what they're seeing on TV at night, that's for sure. Great stuff from Tanya Plibersek there. Excellent. She's stuck tight. She's left the. She's let us do the work. She's, she's laid down the setup. We get the punchline in our own minds. We get it. We get what she's going for. Love that. Cultural reference, attacking the opposition, going at someone, going at a characteristic that someone has to be self-conscious of. She's ticking all the boxes for me here. But unfortunately... Sure. Well, what, you're saying he looks strange? He looks odd? I'm saying he looks a bit like Voldemort and... Uh... <sighs> Rookie error. Tanya, you had plausible deniability. Tanya, you, you, you didn't have... To to explain the joke. You've taken all of the bite out of it now. And that, the interviewer, what a prick. He knew what he was doing. He knew, he, 
playing dumb. What uh, it, sa- it sounds like, it sa- Tanya, it sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but no matter what I ask, extrapolate on what you just said in the hope that it might go onto news.com.au. Are you insulting his appearance? You know goddamn well what he was doing, she was doing, Scott Emerson. You know. You know what she was implying. And you just ruined the joke for everybody. And now, this is cl- I, one of my favorite categories of news is when you hear about the apology before you hear about the act. I've seen a lot of news articles today. Tanya Plibersek apologizes for poor jibe at Peter Dutton. I didn't hear about the first thing. What's there to apologize for? How is the apology more newsworthy than the thing we're apologizing for? First of all, let's get something out of the way. Peter Dutton is disgusting. I'm not talking morally. I'm not talking ethically. I'm not talking politically. I'm saying on the surface. Just skin deep. He is a very confronting looking man. Let's put it the other way. He looks like Voldemort. That is, and that's what she apologized. She apologized for saying he looks like Voldemort. He does. He does look like Voldemort. I think the people who are presuming that's an insult, those are the problematic people. What, people that look like Voldemort are unattractive? How do you think Ray Fiennes feels about that? Is he dead? No, he's alive. Who died? Oh, Snape. Snape died. Snape. Snape actor Alan Rickman. Yeah, he gone. He dead. But uh, don't worry. Voldemort alive and well. Gee, that was good stuff though, wasn't it, from Tanya Plibersek? A name that I've heard a lot but never really known anything about. Now I know as much as I need to know. It was so close. She was so close to getting it. Green lights all the way through. And then just stumbled at the last hurdle. But she won't make that mistake again. From now on, when she's levying insults at the opposition, especially kind of rude, inflammatory, personal ones, she'll keep it vague. Because that's the way you've got to do it. It's all about plausible deniability. It's all about having the ability to go, well, that's not not what I, I meant by that. I think the problem is the way that you interpreted. She knew what she did. We all knew, but no one could say it, and that's the genius of it. I got one last thing to share with you guys, and I, I'm interested to know, and I would love to know from you listeners, is this something you would want to hear more of? I'm trying to I'm just trying to put a little bit more effort into this. I'm trying to give you a little bit more than me just rambling for 30 minutes. My thinking process is this. People who listen to this podcast presumably find me in the world of stand-up. Or alternatively, I would hope the people listening to this podcast are interested in me and the world of stand-up. Because if you're not, it's really this is this is for nothing. This is this is a this is a marketing ploy. This is a cha- This isn't. This is the hope that at some stage you will buy a ticket to come and see me perform. So I thought what might be cool is if I shared with you each week just a, a little insight into what I'm working on stand-up wise and what I'm trying to what I'm trying to what I'm trying to refine, what I'm going for, and, and we just give you some background and some behind the scenes as to what it's like being a comic. I in Australia we 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 work through this thing called the festival model, right? So in the US in the US you could uh, 
in the US, you, you can you can travel with the same hour of material for a long period of time. If you have an hour of material, you can go to all 50 states. Each state probably has between three and five cities, some more that you can perform in. So you go to Texas, you can perform in Austin, Dallas, Houston, um, Fort Worth. I don't know if that's a real thing. A few other places. Uh, and, and, and you can probably do that show all over the place and it's fine. And then if you wanted to, you can go internationally. You can go to the UK, you could go to Europe. In Australia, we have this thing, it's called the festival model, where every year we are working up towards generally the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. You are building towards an hour of material that you can do at that festival. And so what happens is because you get to the end of the festival, you've done your hour. Next year, you want those same people to come again. And so you've got to drop all your material. You've got to start fresh. You've got to totally clean slate. Because... If you come again, say you came to my comedy festival show a few weeks ago and you come again in May next year and it's half of the same jokes or all the same jokes, you might have a good time. But you'd probably also go, well, I probably didn't need to see that again. But it probably wasn't really necessary. Maybe I won't go next year because it'll just be the same shit again. So I'm in the middle of just clearing the deck, starting again, which is exciting, but it's scary. It's pretty frightening because you have, you don't know what you have anymore. And there's always that kind of nagging voice. You know objectively, well, I did it before. Why would I be able to do it again? But there is always that, that little voice in my head going, shit, what if I can't do it again? What if, what if it was a fluke? What if I just can't quite pull it together? Um, so even during the festival and, and the time leading up to it when I wasn't trying new stuff, I've been writing stuff. And I've, I've got a little notebook that is filled with all of the little bits that I've slowly been amassing over that time. Some of them are good. Some of them certainly aren't. Some of them come from this podcast. And that's the one I want to show you today. I'm, I'm working on this thing. You might remember a little while ago, I uh, talked about this. Um, I talked I talked about uh, strip clubs, about uh, not really liking going to strip clubs. And I'm trying to work this into a bit. And some of it you will, have, if you remember the podcast, you'll have heard. Um, so I want to play you through it. I just want to talk you through it. And I think this would be a good tool for me as well. If you're not interested in this shit, just tune out. It's fine. You appreciate it. You, uh, you like it. You, 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 you've been great. Thanks for tuning in. But if, if you want to hear, I'm going to play a little bit of something that I did at a shitty open mic the other night of me doing this joke and just kind of talk you through what I'm thinking about. It'd be a good opportunity for me to kind of reflect on it as well. So here we go. This is, this is the, uh, the performance. Even though it's a song... I was at a bunch party recently and one of the guys that I was with late in the night did the thing that happened at the bunch party and they were like, we should go to a strip club. And I tried... All right, first of all, this is the first time I've listened back to this, by the way, so fast. You can tell how nervous I am about this and forgetting it. I'm just talking way, way too fast. I need to calm this down. I tried my best to convince everyone otherwise. I don't like strip clubs, but they, they insisted. And I thought, look, we'll just go. They'll see how weird and gross it is. And hopefully they'll do what I suggested and just we can all go to the brothel. Um, <laughs> so I like that punchline. So if we missed it, uh, we're going to the strip club at a Bucks party. I tried to tell everyone, let's not do this. This is going to be gross. This is going to be disgusting. Um, and, and what I really want to do is we should all just go to the brothel. Nice pullback and reveal. Bit of fun. Can probably get to the punch a little bit faster. Took me a long time to get there then. And I'm talking so fast. I mean, it's, a, it's just recorded on an iPhone. You can probably barely hear it at the best of times. But when I'm talking that quickly, I'm going to make a real effort over the next little while to slow things down a lot. I was talking to somebody recently about the importance of having a unique rhythm in comedy. 
And a lot of that is just talking slow because not many people do it. And it's true. If you listen, if you listen to or watch a lot of stand-up, you'll see not many people really slow it down. So, again, hopefully, as I continue to share clips as we go forward, you'll see me doing more and more of that. Because I don't like strip clubs. Uh, I, I've never once in my life been to a strip club where I feel that women have been treated with any semblance of respect. You know, seriously, not the gentlemen's club, not the Peter Shamin, not Porky's, <laughs> not the gentlemen's lounge, not the Sapphire lounge, not the Melbourne Underground. Uh, you know, n not even famous showgirls in Sydney or the Gold Coast. <laughs> All right, so you can hear the joke. This is the thing that I did on the podcast about I don't, I don't, I don't think uh, strip clubs. I've never been to a strip club where women have been treated with enough respect, and I start rattling off names of strip clubs. The joke being, I go to tons of strip clubs. I wrote a tag for this this morning, which I thought would be funny, which is like, it doesn't even matter what time of year it is. It doesn't even matter. No, it doesn't even matter what time it is. Night time, morning, Christmas. I like, I like the the inference that I'm just going to strip clubs all the time, and they disgust me constantly. The other thing that I think I could do with this and I should do is come up with funny strip club names. Because these are all real names. I kind of Googled strip clubs in Sydney in incognito mode while my girlfriend was out. And uh, I'm going to... I, I, if I can come up with some funny names, names that just sound funny when I say them, it doesn't even... Because you can hear people laugh when, I, when they realise I'm naming tons of strip clubs. But then it diminishes return. It doesn't really have a big pop at the end. I need to find a way to make a pop. But you know, I go and I just, I hope, I'm ever an optimist, maybe this weekend things will be different. Uh, Again, another tag, kind of saying, this is, I keep, I keep going, and maybe this weekend things will be different. Maybe it's unnecessary, maybe it's the same joke again. <laughs> so I, I got to the strip club and I, and I said hello to the garage, you know, Mercedes, Lexus, Porsche, lovely to see you. I like that. Again, I, I, this is just me talking about how much I like my own joke. It'd be concerning if I didn't. I like the garage. The idea being that strippers have names like cars. And I had Mercedes and Porsche for a long time, and I had to get the third one, Lexus. Lexus is good. Lexus, Mercedes, Porsche, Mercedes, Lexus. Mercedes, Porsche, Lexus. That'd be the way. Mercedes, Porsche, Lexus. The problem is, and this is what i got to work out, and I realise this isn't very funny, but maybe, again, let me know if there's something you want to hear. I, I think it's kind of fun, and it's a good exercise for me. Mercedes, Lexus, Porsche. Mercedes, Porsche. Like, they all kind of work. Like, is Lexus the best? Little shit like this. Like, if you're not a comic, you, you don't think about it, but what's the best order? What's the best? What's the funniest word to end Porsche? Porsche. Porsche's the funniest. Mercedes, Lexus, Porsche. Porsche's the best one. Um, the problem is... At the moment, it's kind of a story, but it's also just a bunch of jokes about strip clubs. And I don't really tell stories, and it's not a story. I don't really have a story for this. So it's always going to be, and you'll hear, I think my last line is I don't have an end for this joke because I don't. And there's some stuff that I had in the back of my mind that I, I didn't do at this set that I'd forgotten about, about how, you know, I'm with a group of my friends and all my mates, and I'm so... Uh, embarrassed by how they're treating the women at the strip club. It's like, guys, you can't treat girls that way here. This is their place of work. It's not your place of work. You know, she's not a real secretary. She's just dressed like one. 
I, I, I like that stuff. I think it's fun. But the problem is it, it's, a, it's a story. So if I talk about it this way, people are going to wait for something to happen. So I either need to make up something that's happened or I just need to take myself out of it t- entirely and just and make it a just make it a commentary or just make it sound like less of a story. Because the fact that I said I was at this Bucks party, even if I could, I could just talk about, like, you know when you're at a Bucks party and this happens, I can make it more general. I could make it, that's an option. So again, I'm not going to, this, this isn't going to be very satisfying for you guys, but my thought process is maybe next week I'll play this again and see where I've gotten to, or maybe I'll play it further down the line. I'm, I'm really, I hate listening to my stand-up back. I honestly, I really, I really hate it. So having to do it on the podcast might be a good way to force me into it. And hopefully you guys are interested enough in it that it might be cool for you guys to have a little peek behind the curtain. Let me know what you think. Let me, like I said, I'll do it last. So if you don't give a shit, you can, you can stop listening. But I think there's something in it. I think there's something in it. And look, we're at 40 minutes. That is, for something that I, I had, I didn't, think I, had the, I didn't think I had 27 minutes in me this week, but we've done it. We did it together, guys. Uh, I, I ran into a friend at a gig recently and he was asking me about how the podcast was. And I'm like, it's fine. You know, there's not a heap of listeners, but it's, it's, it's good. I'm just trying to get better at it. And I always told myself, that was the thing. I'm just trying to get better at this thing. And he's like, well, that's all you got to do. And he's like, just fucking stick with it. Because the things that happen with these podcasts is after 200 episodes, you can't help but grow it. If you just keep putting it out, people will find it. You'll get better at it. So that's a very long way around for me to say thank you for tuning. If you're listening, guys, I'm very open to this. Not a lot of people are. The people that are, I really appreciate it. I'm really flattered. I don't know why you are, but I'm, I'm, I'm very, very thankful. I know why some of you are. It's because you're my friends and family. But still, it's uh, it's it's been a journey. I've had a good I've had a good creative day today. Written, written some sketches, made some sketches. I got to go do Neil Dan and friends tonight. I got to go roast The Bachelor, which I was going to talk about, but I didn't have enough time. That is a luxury. When I have forty minutes of just me talking, I didn't have enough time. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure as always. Have a fantastic week. And until next time. Hey, show some respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. Is that gross doing that as a tagline? Oh, I don't know. Who knows? See ya. <laughs>